What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a classic Monday rundown here for you guys. Started off breaking down the AT&T Pro-Am from last weekend, and after that, we made our predictions for the waste management this week. Then we talked Knicks, and we just made a couple of NBA trade deadline predictions to foreshadow our pod coming up after the trade deadline on Thursday. And then we capped it off with some Super Bowl predictions. Uh, we have the big game this Sunday, so we're excited for that. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod. We'll be talking to you on Thursday. Welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for a Monday rundown. And Tom, you know, the sports calendar, it's starting to look a little bit dry. It's our last week talking about a football game that's upcoming until September. And that makes me very sad. It does. It definitely makes me very sad. But at the same time, it makes me happy because that means uh, spring is upon us. The groundhog, I don't remember. I, I don't even know how, to, not that I don't remember his name. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He didn't see his Punxsutawney shadow. Punxsutawney Phil, baby. What is it again? Punxsutawney Phil. Okay, well. I think it's a town in Pennsylvania. Well, good for him. Um, but for me, I'm just happy that summer's coming. But yeah, it does suck that football's over. Although. You know, I kind of like I kind of like when the sports end. You know, because then I get hyped for other sports, and I and then when they're coming back, I miss them. And let's be honest with the NFL; it's not like they ever go away. Sure, there might not be a game being played, but between the draft and free well, free agency first, then the draft, then before you know it, it's mini camps and OTAs, and then training camps. So it, it's a it's a three sixty five day a year uh, sport. But yeah, it's. You know what? It, it, I always look forward to the actual game. I know the Super Bowl is pomp and circumstance, and there's always extracurricular shit. But I'm actually excited for this game. But we'll we'll table this for for later on. Um, the golf season is heating up, and Tom, I didn't know that we were going to get this, but we basically we got a live event on the PGA Tour this week. Yeah, I guess they decided to try things out. Um... Well, they really more like more so they were forced by uh, they were forced to. I, I said that kind of kidding. <laughs> by yeah, of course, by uh, by gale force winds out there. Um, what were what were the gusts blowing at? Like sixty, seventy, something like that. I think I saw sixty. I mean, they they had said Sunday that they were going to push it to today, but it kind of felt like that rain, like when a baseball game is canceled, and they say, "Well, we're going to." Have a, we're have a doubleheader tomorrow, but the forecast tomorrow is even worse. And you know those games aren't going to be played until later in the year. Like there was no chance they were going to play the the final round today. They just weren't. No, they weren't. And yeah, unlike baseball, you can't. It's a little more difficult to reschedule a golf one round of a golf tournament. Um, Wyndham Clark went out and just killed the killed the field in that one day that's why i was a little more disappointed i wasn't even really looking forward to talking about the golf tournament because he only won by one stroke and you know ludwig is gunning for that that final spot and i think i think he was was poised to win he was playing i mean listen clark had that was one of the most surgical rounds of golf i've ever seen in tough conditions um and his putter was really hot and he hits the ball a mile 
just a very talented player. Once he switched from PXG to Titleist, his game has exploded. Um, but I, I I think Ludwig was playing more consistent throughout the weekend and, and could have definitely won. Well, you know, Clark's putter was so good that even that last, the second to last putt that would have got him a 59. I mean, they just missed. He read it perfectly. Just didn't have the distance. I mean, he was, he was in another zone. So I'm not going to totally disagree with you because Ludwig was playing exceptional golf. And how about Mateo uh, Pavone back at it again, finishing at minus 15 third for this round back to back exceptional rounds. I have a feeling that this guy is going to be somebody we're paying attention to as the season goes on. Yeah, um, kind of out of nowhere. Can't say I knew anything about him. And then now the question is, was this guy just hiding under our nose on the DP World Tour this whole time? Was he always a dog like this? Or is he just on an absolute heater? Or did he, I don't know, overcome some mental thing and now he's just a completely different golfer? I don't know. Only time will tell. Yeah, I literally never heard the name prior to last week's victory. So um, this is somebody that we're just going to have to, you know, table away and, and see what he ends up doing. And I know how you're many a big fan of Hubbard, by finishes. the way. Hubbard had a absolutely phenomenal or phenomenal three days, um, and he was somebody who might have been in the mix there. Um, you know, Justin Thomas, uh, he had an exceptional round. I think was it Friday. Uh, finished at 13 under through the three rounds. Scotty at minus 13 too. And Tom, I don't know how you felt. I mean, I was watching a decent amount of it Saturday afternoon um, after our two college basketball teams played each other and mm. there weren't many other games on that I was focused on. And, you know, it's it's the same old story with Scotty. And I'm sorry, like, I don't mean to be, I mean, certainly for somebody who's really just gotten into golf the last couple of years, I don't want to try to just sound like, I'm saying the same narration as everybody else, but the fucking putter is just not there. I don't know if it's a comfortability thing this year. I know that everybody was very, very hot to say how he's worked on it and he feels better, but I didn't see anything different uh, at Pebble than I did all of last year. Yeah, I mean, the strokes gained are are saying he's kind of moving in the right direction from what I've heard and read, but it's still, you're right, it's still not. Does it pass the eye test for you, though? The body language doesn't. Okay. i put it to you that way. The body language definitely doesn't. Um, I, the only reason why I was referencing Hubbard was because he's he's the brother of uh, that podcast you like to listen to, the Fairway Rolling one. Yeah, yep. Uh, whatever his face is, the CEO of Ticketmaster or whatever he was. Yeah, Nathan Hubbard. He um, Yeah, he does the pod with Joe House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, you went up and down the leaderboard. I, I listen. You, your prediction to from for JT is is already starting to bear some fruit. Top six. I feel I feel good about the way he's playing right now, man. I do too. I like seeing it, what I'm seeing out of Ricky, and I'm gonna the Keegan Keegan as much as everybody seems in the golf media seems to be fifty fifty on Keegan. Again, another guy on my foursome watch. He's a Johnny, so I, I love that about him. He's from the New England area. I'm currently a New Englander, so I love that about him, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and he's a baller, and he's won a major, so he's he he's automatically eliminated from the 5 o'clock hitter unless something drastic happens. I feel like if you win a major, it's hard to be put into a 5 o'clock it's gotta hitter. It's got to be I mean, an all-time choke job for you to... 
Like you got to be going into the going into the final round. Like I don't know. I maybe we maybe that's a different category. I don't even know. Yeah, five o'clock hitter. I guess you can't a, a major winner can't. You just automatically eliminated from it, right? Yeah, to me, I mean that means you responded to the ultimate pressure of a major championship. So if you're able to, well, do you're that, my partner in crime, so you have input on this. I'll let you. That's a good rule. I like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of like you know for. Anybody that had a bad playoff game, I'd say, well, you know, they're not. I don't know if they can win. And say, well, you know, if they if they win, if they go to a Super Bowl or go to a World Series or an NBA Finals, whatever, it's hard to say they can't do it. So, yeah, I I agree with that. All right, yeah. So so Keegan is right there on on watch for foursome. No five o'clock hitter. And honestly, I'm not going to put him in it yet, but he's pretty close to it. I really like Keegan. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, I had Eric Cole uh, in my foursome from last week. He finished T14 at 10 under. Um, you know, you you complimented me on that being a veteran pick. And, you know, he's he's somebody I feel pretty safe with. There's When I'm building out my categories from last year, like I have the ones who obviously are the best players in the world. You're not going out on a limb with them. Mm-hmm. But then you have certain guys where I remember them winning a tournament or I remember them finishing, you know, T2 or I mean, the know, guy the won rookie five. of the year last year on PGA Tour. So you've got a good eye. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember him being a name that we featured pretty prominently last year. So, you know, they're just trying to keep the momentum rolling with him. So some some positive some positive play for sure out of JT. It looks like he's got his confidence back. Scotty, again, it just continues to be. The putter is his downfall, but he's so fucking good at every other element of his game where, you know, (laughs) he's still going to be finishing in the top 10 almost every single tournament. Yeah, I mean, he's the best player in the world at everything else but his putter, and and it's the only thing that holds him back from winning every single week. He's probably still going to finish world number one, especially, I don't know what's going to go on with the, I mean, we have this alliance or whatever, but I don't know, a big investment came through. I don't know if we mentioned that on the pod. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think we did. I mean, there's, there's details of it and whatnot, the 3 billion going into it. I think it was something like that. Um, but there, there's nothing's really come out for me to, for me to, you know, have a, to have a breakdown pot of it yet, but we need more information, but we should mention that the deal has happened and amazing job by you. I did tweet it out. Um, yeah, on your prediction that, I mean, I don't know what's set in stone, but something's moving and I'm going to give you credit for that. So I'll, I'll give you a W there. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I would have felt even more conviction if I knew what the hell actually happened. Um, but you know, it, it seems like some agreement was, was put in and okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the W there. Good job by you. Um, good job by me Thanks, making pal. picks. I beat you this past week. Um, just rolling it, just rolling it right back like last year. Um, but we have predictions for the waste management. This is like, honestly, this the waste management for me. There's a few tournaments out there, you know, that we've already picked. But this is like opening day for me. It kind of feels like I don't know about you. I mean, uh, it, correlating with the Super Bowl weekend, it's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, remember last year, it was in the Super Bowl was in Glendale, so you had everybody out there in arizona not too far from vegas uh, though not too far no phoenix and vegas are not that far it's a quick flight uh you know for all these people's pjs they can get in and out really fast but um this is a fun ass event it is obviously the ultimate party there so tom you've been winning so 
you know, it's all yours to lead off. Thank you. And it, it was also, uh, for a while, it was going to be a destination for my bachelor party. But, I remember that well. I think if you rewind the tape a year ago, it was being thrown out there as yeah, a possible. Yeah, it was quick. It was next. Um, aside from you, who was invited, everybody else, Saratoga is a car ride for. So just a mature decision yeah. on our part, I think. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, I'm sorry I can't make it, but you know. Listen, it's wedding tough. or bachelor. I understood that from the jump, but I'm not going to exclude you from the invite. Still had to put you in the I group chat. I appreciate that. Of course, you listen. Feel free to leave. I don't know what's going on in there. I don't pay. T- I don't even know if I'm in the other one. So. <laughs> if it wasn't, if it wasn't Saratoga, and it was anywhere a little bit closer, that it would have been a much tougher decision for sure. No, no biggie at all, man. I got to get down to Austin to see you. Um, but I, let me jump into my picks here. Um, Please pick, pick number one. I believe he's a former winner here. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. Um. Pick number two, I'm going to continue to take him. He looks hot even in the tough weather, and and it's going to be a little more tame. I'm going to guess in Arizona, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. Um, third pick, I'm taking Keith Mitchell because I think he is the best dressed on tour. Uh, no other reason than that, and he hits the ball a mile. And then my fourth pick and my winner, um, if you don't remember from the, uh, what the hell was the name of it, the full swing, Last year, big episode with him in it, him crying in his father's arms. So Hip is going to come out and take it this year, baby. Damn you. (laughs) That's why I'm so glad I won because I knew you were going to take him. Of course, because I remember that very well, and I was hoping to earn some extra brownie points from you with my referencing of that. But that's I knew you were going to do it, dude. You don't need brownie points with me. I'm already confident that you were going to bring it up. Yes. So, um, my and you so you have Sahith winning? Yeah, I got him winning. Okay. Um so he's in my foursome obviously as well. Um I got Min Wooly in there for this week. Um I got Joel Damon just going out on a whim. Just going out on a whim. Um seeing the ads for or the previews for season two of Full Swing maybe think of his episode in season one. I'm rewatching um, um the last dance right now, by the way. Oh, fucking electric. Um, and then, of course, he's going for the three-peat, Scotty Scheffler. It's hard for me to keep him out in this tournament, even though what we were just talking about. Um, this course has been amazing to him, Tom. What do you winner? think? Is there a chance he could do the three-peat? I say, why the fuck not? Best uh, golfer in the world, right? We just talked about it, so not going out on a win. But uh, a three-peat would be very hard to do in this tournament, but I like my chances with him. So he's your official winner? He's my official winner. Wow. And and crazy, I just referenced the Bulls too. Three Pete. Look at that. Look at that, man. I wouldn't put it up there with the Bulls and the Lakers and others, Celtics and whatnot. Well, especially because this wouldn't. This, this isn't a major either. Yeah, if he if he amazing. won three Masters, he can't even do it because he didn't win last year. But if he won three Masters in a row, then I'd probably put it above all those titles. For sure. I don't know. I think, you know, the one thing I did take away from Pebble is even with the putter struggling, he's still he's the best player in the world and he still just does amazing stuff. So how about go back to a course you've won two years in a row? That's going to do something good for your mindset, right? Yeah. And um, I think I think the weather is going to be a little bit easier and I've I've played neither of the two courses, but I would like to think that TPC whatever that place is called is a little bit easier on the green. So we'll see. We will see. 
All right, man. Let's let's talk NBA. We got a couple trade deadline predictions. I've already tweeted it out. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. That I this is my favorite Knicks team since birth. I have to say it. Yeah, I want you to gush because we haven't been talking a lot of NBA recently, and there's been no better time since we started this podcast, dude, for you to just have the floor to talk about not just good Knicks, not just a team you have to talk yourself into, maybe a team that maybe makes the playoffs or wins a little bit. This team's legitimately good, so please, the floor's all yours. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I texted you. I was that was an ideal Saturday for me. Got watching St. John's put up a decent first half um, against against the number one team in the country in, in UConn, and then hitting the range, and then watching the Knicks. Unfortunately, they got LeBron and AD had a hell of a night against the Lakers, um, and, and Randall's obviously out for. A pretty decent amount of time, but aside from that, yeah, like I said, this this next team has been my favorite team. I wasn't too. I was like three or four years old when they went to the finals. What was that? Two ninety nine, two thousand in the shortened season. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really count myself as being alive for that. So for me, it was like I you have to default to the twenty thirteen team because they won the division that year. I still remember Stephen A. Smith on uh, ESPN Radio going nuts for that. But for me, I don't know why, but Jalen Brunson feels homegrown to me, and this team just feels more like a Knicks team. Um, Smart, savvy basketball team, hard-nosed defensively. We're figuring out a way to rebound and play great defensively on the inside, even with the absence of Mitchell Robinson. Julius Randle was playing... I, I don't know. I, could I go out on a limb and say the best basketball of his career before he went down with that injury, which is a real shame, especially because he had made me do yet another 180 on him because I was screaming trade him at the beginning of the year, but I think anything you get for him will be undervalued. Brunson, I, the fact that he's gotten better is, is incredible. Uh, the OG Ananobi trade was one of the savviest moves in Nick's history. Um, and, and the Dante DiVincenzo move falls, falls right into place perfectly. I, I love everything about this team. The fact that they haven't made any stupid decisions on, on draft picks. They're waiting to see what happens with the Carl Anthony Towns situation. They're waiting to see what happens with the Donovan Mitchell situation and whatnot and a few others. I, I'm just ecstatic. Dude, I mean, they're, if you love basketball, they're, they're, going to default as one of your favorite teams to watch as a non-Knicks fan. I can't even imagine how happy they make you. I mean, I texted you, like, there's not a single player on this team you could possibly dislike. Like, I I have a basketball crush on Brunson. You're right. He does feel homegrown. It feels like he should have been a Nick forever. Maybe it's the Villanova pipeline. I don't know. You know, playing some Big East games at the Garden, um, having his dad as as an assistant on the staff. You've got Josh Hart, who since they got him a year ago, just flawless. But another guy you didn't mention, Hartenstein. I mean, the guy rebounds like an absolute animal. I think he had 19 in that Indiana game. He gives you a little bit more offense than Mitch Robb does. Randall has been playing some of the best basketball of his career. The team is hard-nosed. They're gritty. They're all those intangible things that New York Knicks fans love. But you know what else they are, Tom? They're really fucking good. Like they're not just like lunch pail. Let's play hard. Like they play, they do all those things. But they're also really a talented and just a really well put together basketball team. Like they just are. And I have no doubt that whatever they do between now and Thursday, however major or minimal it is, it's going to be a player that fits the identity of this team. 
they have everybody's attention on the local and national scale. And with you see the injury to Embiid, you see Rivers trying to figure it out in Milwaukee, and they've been a weird team all year anyway. I and listen, I love the Celtics, but I don't think the Knicks are afraid of the Celtics, and I think the Celtics might be a little afraid of the Knicks. Uh, you just get healthy, dude. Just make sure OG's good to go. Just make sure Randall comes back in a couple weeks. Fortunately, one of those weeks he's out is the All Star break. Uh, Madison Square Garden. I mean, you saw what it was like with Brunson the other night in that Indiana game. Like he was emotional making his first all-star team. And I will say this, it's a crying shame that he's not a starter. He's had a much more impactful and better year than Dame Lillard fucking period. Yeah. I think Dame Lillard is deserving to make the team, but Brunson's been a better player than him. And, and I, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, the with what's going on in Milwaukee with the firing and whatnot and, and all that stuff. I mean, it clearly it's it, the Knicks are just the, Milwaukee's a much more talented team, but the Knicks are. Just are a, you soaking it in? Like, have you allowed yourself to think about how happy this team has made you? Because it kind of came out of nowhere, dude. Like, I yeah. thought they would be a good team this year, but not this. I'm, I'm, I'm still. I mean, they've won nine in a row, or they did win nine in a row until that Lakers game, and. You know they're in they're in third place and it's I'm still just trying to figure it out. <laughs> I mean I'm still trying to gather my thoughts, just because it it is a blind side and and now you kind of look ahead to where it's like you're not obviously not going to be sellers at the deadline. We never were, but you go from all right, you know let's 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 hold our let's hold our chips. Let's see what's happening to now. It's like let's what's going on let's maybe let's make a move like we have a chance here to to it's really just the Celtics and the Bucks I mean with the Sixers with Embiid I, I don't know how long he's going to be out you can't count out the heat but we could beat any of those teams honestly I think we could beat any of those teams in a seven game series especially if I mean KP who knows you know he's playing incredible right now but if we're if that's the difference between the Knicks making a trade or not is worrying about the Celtics just look at KP's health you guys had him there's not a team that I think unequivocally then, you know, the Knicks would just fall in, fall down to, you know, I think they could beat Cleveland. I think they could beat Miami. I think they could beat Milwaukee. I think they could beat whatever version of Philly is. I think they can beat Boston. That would obviously be the hardest, but if you're playing in a conference final, you're not expecting that series to be easy. I don't think any team wants to play the Knicks. I mean, they don't want to play them right now and you don't even have Robinson and Randall and you missed Oinanobi for the last week. So like imagine when you get those guys back. It's it's a beautiful brand of basketball that like I said, I don't care what team you're a fan of. I mean, you we have our rivalry between our two teams. There's not a single thing about the Knicks as a team that you can't love. Like they do everything right and the personalities are great. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what they've turned themselves into. I, I gotta tell you, I legitimately am happy for you. I, you. I am happy for you. You've suffered a lot. You suffered where I was teasing you in an era that could not have been more pathetic for my team. And all your Knicks have done with Leon Rose, dude, is just stay the course. They had a plan. They've stuck with Tibbs. They've improved the roster across the board at every position, and they've given this incredible – I will say this. I think Nick fans, most of them are like Yankee fans where they're beyond annoying, um, but they love their fucking team. They are the most passionate fans, I think, in New York outside of Yankee fans. They love their team so much, and I got to tell you, if there's a team 
anybody else should watch and really enjoy watching. Your New York Knicks are it, dude. It's music to my ears, man. And that segues us into our trade deadline predictions perfectly. I only have a few. I have uh, two or three that I've been okay. cooking up. Um, just because uh, do, do I really need to predict that like Aaron Wiggins gets traded somewhere? <laughs> Aaron or Andrew? Either. Okay. <laughs> I was going Aaron because he's a less known player. Just really I was going to say, I, I think... I think I knew who you meant, but I just wanted to make sure. No, you no, were no, talking no. I know, okay. I know. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't That's a name mix-up for me. Um, just for me, I have. I, I think the Lakers figure out a way to get Caruso back. Really? Yeah, I I don't know how, but they're. I know they beat the Knicks a couple nights ago, but they need guard play and they need defensive guard play. I mean, I I love Reeves, but I just he can't play at this level. And LeBron's gonna make something happen. That's my first move. I don't I don't know if I agree about Caruso, but I like the bold prediction there. I do agree with the second part, though. He is definitely putting the pressure on the Lakers to do something. No doubt. So for my second move, the Knicks get uh, Mikael Bridges. That's just that's a pipe dream. Fuck out of here. Just to break your heart. It's been all over the place. I, I think it's all clickbait. I just threw a clickbait out there, but... Yeah, the Nets are not trading him, and if they traded him anywhere, it's not going to be to you. I know. I know. That that was that was more of a more of a joke yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But That's my... That's okay. You're, my you're third high right now, man. Have fun. My third prediction is that the Houston Rockets actually do trade for Mikhail Bridges. They've been trying. I think they offered five firsts. I think that they end up doing it. I, I think that um, – what's the coach's name? Um, Udoka. Yeah. Is it, it just going to pound the table for him. I think he'd be perfect there. I think they could build a franchise around him. The Nets, it's been reported that they're not trading him. To so the I point where I think the Nets should have hired fucking Udoka. Well, they wanted to. The, the The speculation was the NBA wouldn't let them. Mm. Stern, or I uh, did it again. Stern, not Stern. Silver. <laughs> R.I.P. David Stern. He blocked <laughs> a lot of David things, Stern. but I don't think he blocked this one. No, but Silver did. Silver did not think it was a good look that the Nets could just bring him in during the Kyrie anti-Semitic video post. And I agree just with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I thought it would have looked really bad as an organization that already was looking really bad. No, I agree with that. I just think that who do they, is Jacques Vaughn still their head coach? Yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't mind how he handled things with Duran and whatnot, but I just, you guys could have had, that's like me pounding the table with like having Vrabel. It's like, I know you guys think you have your guy, but there is a guy right there. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I would have loved to have Yudoka and he wanted the Nets job when he was let go from Boston. It's kind of crazy that the Nets had opportunities to hire uh, Mike D'Antoni and Ime Yudoka, both from Steve Nash's staff. And they went with Jacques Vaughn, who, you know, I know they really like and he's respected across the league. But, um, you know, the other two were better, obviously, uh, specifically Yudoka. But, Tom, the Nets aren't going to trade him. And and just not to go off on a tangent here, but they're, they have no interest in rebuilding. According to Woj today from the Woj pod, he said the Nets are not trying to rebuild. They are committed to Mikael Bridges. Like, there's a reason every team in the fucking league wants him. It's because there's a lot of players in the league that want to play with him 
you know, that the Nets already have him. He was the crown jewel in the Kevin Durant trade. They, he was the one the Suns really didn't want to give up, and it hurt them to give him up. So if you already have him, especially on a very friendly long-term team deal, you're trying to build around him, when, especially when you don't have your own picks. So I don't think the Nets have any appetite to move him, and they're probably looking around the landscape of the league more so in the summer to see who wants to come to Brooklyn and, and play with him. I agree with you. Uh, I just wanted to get you a little fired up there. So give me a couple of your predictions because then we got to like roll it. into uh, the big game since we're not allowed to say it. I know. Good, good for you keeping us out of legal <laughs> trouble. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go a little bit more realistic. I'm going to say the Knicks acquire one of Bruce Brown or Malcolm Brogdon. Bruce um, Brown, bro. I Actually, both. I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think both would fit your team perfectly. You have a preference if you had to get one over the other? I'd prefer Brown. I think he's more versatile, um, and he brings more size, which is I know Hartenstein's an incredible rebounder, but the Knicks need more size. But then again, and also Brown stays healthy, and I always worry about that from Brogdon, but we do need protection on the wings, but we do have OG. I don't know. I want both, but I would prefer Brown because of the versatility and the fact that he's he's not an injury-prone guy, and Brogdon's like the number one. For the Knicks, I like Brogdon more because you really do need that scoring that you lost from quickly with Brunson out, uh, and Brogdon can give that to you. Brown, I like a little bit more. Is if you want to just have a rock fight, he'll, you know, you can have lineups with him where I, I wonder how teams could score against you guys. Um, but both, I, think I mean, I think Brown's going to cost a lot more too. Maybe because he he has the team option next year that Toronto. And it's Toronto. You know, they, they could pick him up, right? And and they're not paying anybody else, so they could keep that. Um, I could see a world where you do both. I mean, they're not. You have so many assets between Fournier's expiring, the firsts, the seconds. Um, you know, it, it really would depend on the appetite that some of these teams have to make trades. I'll keep rolling here, so I don't take forever. Um, I think eventually Dejounte Murray does get traded, and I think it's to the Lakers. I think the I think the mm. Hawks are going to try to hold out everything they can from the Lakers. Um, because there is a Lakers tax, just like there's a uh, Yankees tax. But um, at the end of the day, the Lakers have the sense of urgency. They have to improve this team. And LeBron is putting the full court press on them to get better. D'Angelo Russell's had an amazing stretch, but you know he'll he's just as capable of going into a, a terrible stretch, and you know how much his defense hurts them. So I think they'll try to facilitate uh, a third team in there, but I think at the end of the day, the Hawks, you know, DeJounte Murray, it, it doesn't work with, with Trey Young. It just simply doesn't. So move on. Uh, there's been rumors that the Nets want him. There's been rumors that the Jazz want him. That the Lakers want him the most, and there seems to be a lot of buzz there. I think another one for um, – I think Oklahoma City finds a way to get a, a center. I think Clint Capella makes a lot of sense for them, so there's a name for you. And then one more – just to keep it local and with my team, I think the Nets will only make one trade and it's going to be very minimal. It's going to be Dinwiddie and maybe a second round pick um, for a, a marginally better player um, because Dinwiddie has really no fit on this team at all now and he's an expiring. Royce O'Neal is a very good player, but I think it would teams are only offering seconds. He's more valuable uh, to the Nets. He's more than, than that. Than yeah, and Dorian Finney-Smith, a lot of teams want, but the Nets don't 
want a first round pick in this draft because this draft isn't very good and there's only going to be you know title contending type teams offering uh first for him so it doesn't behoove the nets to have a first round pick a late first round pick in this bad draft so those are two players that you immediately look at and say all right you're coming if we can get a star you're playing with two really good role players um and it's been very largely reported by um by Woj that Donovan Mitchell and Royce O'Neal are super, super close from their Utah days. So maybe you keep him and incentivizing Mitchell to ask out. So that's way down the road, but I don't think the nets are going to do much. They have no incentive to blow it up or lose dude. You know, they don't have any of their own first round picks, so they're going to be gunning for the play-in. What do you think of those predictions? I like them. Um, And then for all the, the only, the only point I I really like the, the, the DeJounte Murray move, uh, I think it's probably a little more realistic than the Caruso move that I threw out there. Um, for all those people saying, oh, DeJounte Murray to the Knicks, like no. it, it, Brunson right now is a much better version of Trey Young, a super ball dominant guard that basically needs the ball in his hands and is a minus defensively. Murray doesn't work with that already. You really just want a guard who can fill the quickly role, like I said before. Somebody yep. on the bench who can score, and you're not, you're you're not, you know, praying to God when Jalen Brunson's out of the game, hoping you can just keep the ship afloat. You know, that's that's really what you need. Yeah, you're right. That's why Brogdon is the better deal. The health just scares me, but I think it'd of be course. cheaper. I, I'd like both, but uh, you know, I'd also like both for free. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. We'll see. Um, we'll be coming at you guys on Thursday with a trade deadline recap, depending on how much ends up happening, what happens for the Knicks and Nets. Yeah, if it's a dud, we'll uh, we'll think of a different pod to do or something. And it might be a dud, man. I mean, it's weird now with the play-in schedule. Like, there's even a team like the Bulls who aren't good and the Nets who aren't good, but it's like there's no reason to tank. We have legitimately good players like – and really good teams, the top echelon teams, don't have fucking shit to offer. They have like it's going to be interesting this year with a shit draft contracts. Right, it's it's kind of a shit trade landscape right now. And I don't know. I would love Castle though. Ooh, don't get me started on Castle. I would love Castle and put Castle on the Knicks right now. He'd probably play twenty five I mean, minutes. Seems like the Garden treated him pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm a big you fan like, of him. Um, how could you not be? Yeah, no, I, 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 we'll see. I, I think the NBA drama or the off-court transactional drama is going to be turned down a little bit between the trade deadline and the draft this year. I think we're going to have to wait for off-season trade time. I think you're right. Um, even this year's free agent class isn't anything amazing. Um, no. Let's get into the big game, as you said, Tom. <laughs> um, Super we can Bowl. dissect this from several levels, um, but we're finally here. Uh Niners Chiefs do you have the official lineup yeah I checked the line a little bit earlier so I didn't have to like go on my phone and look at it which is honestly the smartest thing I've ever done because now I just know the line (laughs) um it is Niners minus two and a half the lines shot up by a full point okay make Um, your official pick my official pick I don't know who's making the line shoot up. Don't care. I'm taking the Chiefs plus two and a half. I was going to take them plus one and a half. I'd take them minus one and a half. I'm just not. I doubted Mahomes two games ago. I won't do it again. 
Um, I mean, he's he's incredible. <laughs> what else is there to say? The Chiefs are going to go back-to-back. I don't even remember the last time that a team did that. Um, In shit, football. Yeah. Oh, and actually, yes, I actually did see this. It was the 03 and 04 Patriots. Makes sense. I was going to guess that it was the Patriots. Yep. What about you? What do you got uh, going on? I agree with you. I, I've I've picked against and with the Chiefs this postseason, and the common theme has been that don't get don't bet against Mahomes and Kelsey, even when the entire defense knows all they have to do is take away Kelsey and they have a good chance. So I'm going to take the Chiefs plus the two and a half. Uh, they're going to win a, another one, and we're looking at a dynasty. This will be three in five years. Um, they've obviously been to four in five years. We're looking at one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, and I'll tell you this too, Brock Purdy, the story would be amazing. Shanahan in big games kind of scares me. I think there's a, I think he's going to do something that's really going to fuck them over. Yeah. Maybe he should honestly, actually, no, I was going to say he should have McVay just give him like a sideline pass and have him like give him hand signals. But McVay fucks, McVay fucks up a lot in those decisions too. He's got to find maybe his father. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, give his father like a sideline pass. Just have him tucked away in the corner. So if Kansas City is to win this game, like we both, like we both think, walk me through the scenario and a hypothetical score for you. Like, how did the Chiefs win this game? I think everybody's thinking that the defenses are going to go all out. They've had two weeks to figure out each other's defenses. Two pretty great offensive minds. I think it's going to be quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win thirty-eight. To 34. 38 34? Yep. Holy shit. I think it's going to be offense all over the place. Uh, a couple little side bets I got going on just to coincide okay. with that, and then we'll get your breakdown of the game. I got McCaffrey anytime TD. That's minus 220. Every time I bet that, it, you know, I'm not going to say anything else because it won't. Kelsey. Makes big plays in all these games. I got him for an anytime touchdown. I got Mahomes and Purdy parlayed together, but you can get him at minus 160 or minus 104 uh, individually, both to throw for plus 250. Obviously, I got Mahomes plus 135 as the MVP. Kelsey has a little side MVP at plus 1700 just in case that he announces his retirement and proposes to Taylor Swift after, like uh, Simmons and the boys alluded to. Uh, shortest TD under a yard and a half. I feel like every time there's a there's a tush push situation or just Christian McCaffrey busting through the middle, uh, that's minus one fifty two. And then I think there's going to be a big defensive play. I think Purdy's going to get slippery hands again, maybe from sweat this time, not from the weather, and maybe throw a pick six. I don't know. So defensive special teams touchdown plus two seventy. Okay, so you're working a lot of different angles there. The I feel really good about the McCaffrey touchdown, and I would probably put Pacheco in there too. Yeah. These are two teams that love to run the ball down inside the goal line. So both of those guys, I mean, you've seen all playoffs along. Uh, they're going to get fed and run behind those really good uh, run-blocking offensive lines. So for me, Tom, the way that I see this game going, I have the Chiefs winning 24-20. to 20. Um I think it's going to be much more of a defensive battle. So 
right off the bat, I, I expect Pacheco to have a big day because mm. the thing with San Francisco is, and you've seen it in the two playoff games, Aaron Jones ran ragged on him, and then so did Montgomery and Gibbs. So their run defense has been a huge, huge issue for them. Um, and the Chiefs, what have they done exceptionally well? This postseason and even towards the end of the regular season when they were starting to figure a little bit of shit out, they run the ball and possess the ball a lot longer than their opponent. They don't give their uh, the opponent a chance to possess the ball much or make big plays. They are not the quick striking offense that we used to see with them with Tyreek and a bunch of other guys. You know, they're they're methodically matriculating the ball down the field, setting up a lot of third and twos, a lot of third and ones, and they convert those things. So. I like that. The other thing, like I said about Shanahan, he gets tight in these games. He gets tight in some of these situations. Is is his team going to be a reflection of him where, you know, they're they're playing back on their heels on defense or Purdy makes a reckless decision because he's trying to force a certain pass to get momentum back. I think that's I think that's possible. I think when you look at teams like this, I kind of am having flashbacks to when we started the pod and we were talking about the Patriots where even if they lost, I didn't feel bad about the pick because they've been there, done that before. And that's how I feel about this Chiefs team. I don't think they're going to make the mistake that cost them the game. I don't think that they're going to put their receivers. They seem to be with Mike Marquez Valdez Scantling, like give us two catches today. That's all we need from you. Give us one big catch on a third down. We'll run the play for you. Just hold on to the fucking ball. Doesn't seem like Kadarius Tony's going to have an impact in this game when he's not going to be active. McCole Hardman, can you just you hold had on to, to take the ball that shot at Tony? It wasn't necessary. It's never necessary, but he <laughs> sucks. So I'm I'm happy for it. And then lastly is Kelsey. Everybody knows that <laughs> that they have to stop him in order to win, but. No one's been able to. Baltimore's stout defense wasn't able to. Um, obviously, Buffalo wasn't really able to. So they're going to run the ball. They're going to set up Kelsey. They're going to find a couple other plays. And then they're just going to let this defense cook. Spags is going to be doing all sort of exotic blitzing. He has history in the Super Bowl of getting after the quarterback and making them uncomfortable. So I, I think we're going to see that again. And and Purdy might be great, but let's not forget, dude, he's started off slow these two playoff games so far. They've had to come back in both games. All right, I've completely done a 180. I'm changing my prediction. You've 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 pointed some things out that remind me. It's like what is what does Kyle Shanahan want to do more than anything? Run his script. What's that going to mean? Yep. High scoring game. High scoring game means San Francisco wins. I think that you're right. The Chiefs are going to muck it up. They're going to possess the ball. They're going to make San Francisco try and come back from behind. They're not going to be able to do it. And you're right. They're going to win something like twenty. They're probably going to win like twenty to fourteen or something like that. Yeah, I mean, dude, they scored twenty four points in the but in the yeah they, they scored twenty four points in the Bills game. I think a couple, I think fourteen of them were in the first half or seventeen were in the first half, and they didn't score in the second half of the Baltimore game. They scored all seventeen points in the first half of that game yep. and didn't score again. But their defense was just able to do a lot of shit. Now, again, the middle of the field was not the was not a strong suit of the Baltimore. Ravens and of the Bills. But it is a strong suit with Warner and uh, Greenlaw in San Francisco. So Kelsey's going to have to probably make some plays on the outside, which he's not as fast at getting open as he used to. But I still think that they can run the ball on San Francisco. 
And I just feel more comfortable with Andy Reid, who's been there and won it. Mahomes, who's been there and won it. Kelsey, who's been there and won it. Spagnuolo, who's been there and won it. Um, against a team that I know these two teams matched up four years ago, but I don't know, man. Like, are we going to look back and say did Pert was did Purdy miss the big throw just like Garoppolo did in that game when he airmailed? Uh, I forget who it was, Samuel, I think. So I like that. That's what the 180 was for. Um, I really appreciate that. Chances, uh, chances. Travis Kelsey proposes if they win. What do you think? Okay. So this is actually, I was going to turn around to you. Obviously Taylor won artist of the year and won, um, album of the year. Was Travis there? I didn't even pay attention. He wasn't able to because they got into Vegas last night and Mm. started media availability. So, um, but I think it's stupid that Midnight's can win last year. Like that came out in 2022. Like how is that winning for 2020? I don't know. I don't get COVID how screwed everything up. things are picked. Maybe. Let's um, keep blaming it. Let's just keep blaming it. Um, but so is there a parlay? Is there a Taylor Swift fan duel parlay? Of I'll get back to Grammy, you. I'll tweet it out if Grammy it's there. I don't know yet. <laughs> with Super Bowl victory. <laughs> I mean, listen. I wouldn't. I, I I wanted to say it on the pod. I might have might have slipped my mind. I'm, a couple of weeks now. I've been like, if they win, I think Kelsey retires, no matter what. I think so too. I mean, the way that the podcast with Jason is blown up sounds like Jason's calling it. I mean, there's worse things to do than be Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And Hasn't he already officially retired? He has not officially retired, but all the all the uh, signs point to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, maybe a proposal too. Maybe maybe this really is true love. It's no A-Rod J-Lo, but, you know. <laughs> I actually like this relationship a lot better. I like both people in the relationship better too. I think what's great about it is somehow it's become a uh, a MAGA cry to believe that they're planted by the, by the deep state for a Biden re-election. I think that new conspiracy theory is really, really something. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen that or heard that? No, I, I mean, I really honestly, it's funny to say it now that we've been tweeting a lot more. I don't really look at any other social media except for our Twitter because I'm like, when I open up social media, I'm like, I should do something productive. Go on Twitter. <laughs> Can you believe I've that? Seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I've seen it on Twitter and that's why I'm just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But yeah. And hey, she just announced the new album that she's dropping on April 19th. So maybe Travis Kelsey drops the announcement that he's retiring. So yeah, you can wow. have award winners and major announcements for both of them. That'd be huge, man. We'll we'll have to wait and see, but we'll be talking to everybody before the Super Bowl anyways if there's any other predictions for, we got to slide in there. For sure. Uh, where are you watching the game? Do you and Michaela have plans, or are you guys just going to watch it together at home? Haven't figured it out yet. Might go to Red's apartment. I don't know. He hasn't really invited us, but I recommended we go to his instead of mine. I think you should just show up. I We might. I know where he lives, so we might. I got to drop off the save the date anyways. Nice. Yep. So I don't know. What about you? I'm going to be watching it at a friend's house. Um, they have, they've hosted the last three years that I've lived here. Uh, that just a whole group goes down there. So it'd be fun. Good, yeah. Make great, I, great I'm appetizers. For- I'm all in. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the food's good down there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the food. Um, and my friend Marcy, also, shout out, makes homemade jalapeno poppers. Fucking incredible. Ooh, I'm also looking forward to whenever it inevitably happens that 
they they push it to the week later and we get uh, the the holiday off. It's coming. You know the you know the uh, schedule is going to even out again at 18, 18 games. So no doubt, probably a couple. Of years Hurry up, NFL! All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon. Sean, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>